Hey, hey guys, guys how, how we, we doing? doing? How's everybody doing? I wish uh, you guys were all here with us. You know, perhaps one day, if the Lord shortens the time of this time of this thing, that we'll all be here together. And uh, just want to tell you how much we miss you, how much we want to be together. But you know, the next closest thing is through the internet, through the online service. So I just want to welcome you, and I just want to encourage you that uh, you know we have to take this time that we can anytime we can and redeem the time and so we are here together in spirit in the power of the holy spirit so just want to encourage you that you know if you're struggling because we've been uh, in this quarantine for quite a while now and so i could understand people getting uh, a little antsy but just remember that god is still on the throne and he's still sovereign over his people and uh he loves you more than you love yourself more than you love your family. He loves you more. So if you could uh, just join me in prayer, and uh, we'll get started with the Thursday night service. So, uh, Lord, we come before you, Lord, uh, thanking you and praising you because you are worthy to be praised, Lord. You're worthy in the midst of our trouble, of any trouble, anything that's going on in our lives, Lord. We give it to you right now, Lord, because you can touch it by your spirit and you could make it the way you want it to be, Lord. So I pray that you would give us strength and courage, Father, to face these days, Father. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we could gather together, Father, and uh, just worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. So I want to pray over the worship, Father, that you'd be glorified. I want to pray, Father God, that you'd be over the message, that you would anoint the message, Father, and you would anoint every person involved in the ministry tonight, Lord. I pray, Father, that you rebuke the enemy. Uh, you rebuke the enemy yourself, Lord God, as uh, the enemy can do nothing unless you allow him to do anything, Father. So I just pray, Father, that you'd be glorified tonight and that you would touch every person who's watching online, Father. And there's anyone out there, Father, who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that tonight would be the night of their salvation, Lord. We pray for our country, Lord, our leaders, Lord, that you would anoint these leaders, Father, to guide them and lead them in these tough times, Lord. So again, we thank you, Lord, and we ask you to move among us, Lord, even through this online service. Move among the people of God, Father, and we ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. The dark tried to hide you steal you away Death tried to keep you inside of the grave The enemy fought you He tried but he lost You cannot be stopped When we cried for freedom, you turned down the walls. The weight of our burdens, you carried it all. Our fears and our failures hang dead on the cross. You cannot be stopped 
Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Stand on your victory and shout out your praise. Miracle maker, you're mighty to save. Awesome in power, relentless in love. Cannot be stopped. Mover of mountains, breaker of chains. Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. That can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. You cannot be stopped. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There's nothing that can stop our God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Over of mountains. Breaker of chains, Jesus has triumphed over the grave. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Sing hallelujah, the battle is won. Nothing can stand against our God. Family, continue to worship the Lord. He's worthy to be praised. He's holy, great, and mighty. Let's sing this chorus. You are holy, great, and mighty. The moon and the stars declare who you are. I'm so unworthy. But still you love me forever, my heart will sing of how great you are. It's falling from the clouds, a strange and lovely sound. 
I hear it in the thunder and rain It's ringing in the skies Like cannons in the night The music of the universe plays You are holy Great and mighty The moon and the stars Declare who you are I'm so unworthy But still you love me Forever my heart Will sing of how great you are Beautiful and free It's the song of galaxies Reaching far beyond the Milky Way Let's join in with the sound Come on, let's sing it out As the music of the universe plays You are holy, great and mighty The moon and the stars declare who you are I'm so unworthy, but still you love me Forever my heart will sing of you All glory, honor, power is yours, amen All glory, honor, power is yours, amen All glory, honor, power is yours Forever, amen You are holy, great and mighty The moon and the stars declare who you are
Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough, heaven reaching down to us. Your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough, God uncovered in your life. Breath of 
Thank you so much, Daniel. Uh, welcome. It's a blessing to be able to uh, get plugged in with you, and thank you so much for welcoming us into your home uh, on this live stream service here at Calvary Chapel Almani. We have some announcements that we want to uh, give to you, remind you of. Um, the other night I was saying the word connect in my sleep, because that's really our heart, is that we stay connected, that we stay plugged into each other. And so really these announcements are for that. Uh, it's, an, it's a reminder that we put out a lot of different things in order for us during this season of social distancing to make sure that we shorten that distance, that we stay close together. More importantly, that we stay close together to the Lord. Amen. And so with that said, we want to remind you that we have a, a texting uh, uh, service that we offer where we ask you to text the word CONNECT to 833-551-0991. We'll be able to send you information uh, concerning the church, announcements, different things like that, a pertinent prayer request. And you'll also be able to text us information on Sundays after service today. We'll uh, uh, be available to check those texts that come in. If there's any prayer requests, please be assured that we'll pray. And even if you would like one of us to give you a call and pray with you, we would be open to do that. So remember, it's 
text the word CONNECT to 833-551-0991 as a way to, to stay close together. Another one is through our email. We want you to know that we're constantly checking our email. And so you can send us pictures. You can send us a, a little video of what the Lord is showing you through this time uh, to mail at calvarychapelalmani.com. Or if you have any prayer requests, you can send those to prayer at calvarychapelalmani.com. And we'll pray uh, with you and we'll send those out to our prayer group so they can be praying on your behalf. Okay. Uh, social media, of course, is another way to stay connected. Facebook, Instagram. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And it's always cool to be able to see your pictures. And, and believe me, we're in, in a place where we're missing each other. And to be able to see a picture, this is a moment to take selfies. So if you're alone, you take a selfie yourself, post it. And I know that it will bless others. And so connect with us via social media, Facebook, Instagram. Also on our website. Our, our website really is a, the hub of information on there you can sign up for different things you can go on our blog and look at different pictures you can look at or watch previous studies um, right now if you go on our website there, there's all kinds of activity uh, going on if you go uh, under um, signups you can sign up for various things that are going to get started pretty soon one of them being the making of wise men it's the prayer and proverbs uh, for years now we've been getting together as men on saturdays at 8 a.m uh, to read through a proverb together, talk a little bit about it, and then pray together. And so we're going to try that uh, this, uh, this Saturday at 8 a.m. And so, we, men, we would really be blessed if you'd be a part of that. All you have to do is go uh, on our website under signups and let us know you'd like to be a part of that. And also, you need to uh, download the Zoom video conferencing. Uh, it's important that you do that because we're going to be putting out different things, and it looks like that's the software that we're going to use. It's super simple to use, easy, free. Um, and so you can be a part, men, of that. You can be a part, any of you, of the Foundations of Faith class that we uh, are gearing up to get started on Monday. It's going to be on Mondays at 7 p.m., I believe. You also have to download Zoom. The singles have a uh, study that they get together uh, once a week through Zoom, the young adults as well. And so uh, make sure that you, you're, you're becoming familiar with that, that uh, software uh, video conferences because at least for the moment, right, um, that's the way that we're going to be able to stay together and fellowship. Um, also, we just want to remind you that uh, ways to give, you can text uh, the number 626-727-8808, the word give, and uh, you, can, you can provide your uh, tithes and offerings. That way you can go on our website under donate, or you can mail them to the church. Okay, God has been faithful in providing, and I, I think that he works uh, through his church, through people. And so that's the information as far as giving. You're on our YouTube right now, so you already know how to get on there. But remember, if you haven't subscribed, if you haven't rang that little bell that lets you know when there's a, a service going on, please go ahead and do that, and then maybe let other people know about that as well. Amen? So let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to be able to worship you, Lord, to be able to uh, connect. Lord, not face-to-face, -face, God, but Lord... Um, Nothing could ever separate your church from connecting heart to heart because you are our heart, God. And so, Lord, we just pray, Father, that um, you would be glorified today through the worship. We pray, Lord, that you would be glorified through the teaching of your word. We pray that you give our pastor unction, um, that you would anoint the study today. And, and more importantly, that you would anoint our hearts, God, to receive um, your word today, Lord, and, and retain it. Uh, in our hearts, Lord. And so we thank you, God. We praise you. We lift up all these different things, Lord, on the, the bulletin, God. We pray for 
um, the ladies' study that's uh, put up, the devotional that's put up once a week, the Spanish study, the different things that are taking place, Lord, on our website. Lord, help, help us, God, to use those as tools to make sure that we're plugged in with you and plugged in with each other. And, Lord, um, we lift up the, the tithes and offerings, Lord. We, we do so knowing that you're faithful, knowing, Lord, that your word says that if we give to you, that you will open up the, the windows of heaven on our behalf, Lord. And so we praise you for that. We thank you and we ask all this together in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.
God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision. See things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord, and the opportunity we have to be able to worship you, to seek you, God, with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. I pray that right now, Lord, wherever your people are, that you would capture their hearts. Lord, that we wouldn't be worried about who's to the right or to the left, or we wouldn't be worried about things that we shouldn't be. But God, that we would be open to, the, to you, uh, the one who loves us and died for us and wants to teach us tonight. And so, Father, I thank you for the opportunity we have to open up your word together. I pray that you would just bless it, Lord, to our hearts and teach us. Let it be like food for our soul. God, let it be like that, that bread for today. Build up your church, Lord, and be glorified. And we pray, Lord, even if there are any out there tonight who are really struggling or hurting. God, minister to them like only you can. And Lord, we pray uh, that you would reach anyone that might not know you yet. Lord, that right here, even through this uh, live stream, that they would find life. So we love you. We thank you. We pray that you would bless as we open your word. We pray our, for our nation, our world, all that's going on. You know all the details. God, may you have your way. I pray, Lord, and help us to be ready for your return. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, it's a joy to see you uh, tonight um, through the camera. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing people that are here, and that's a blessing. But um, uh, thank you, Henry. You guys, you guys can't see it, but Henry was walking right now with a sign in his hand. He's so cool, man. <laughs> Because I had asked him to remind me that next week is the National Day of Prayer. And so next week is a special day. And so hopefully you guys tune in for that. And, uh, and I pray even more people would join us for that. Because I'll tell you what, um, going through everything that we're going through right now, uh, we need to pray as a nation uh, for so many things, you know, for uh, the Lord to uh, awaken his church, uh, for God to save the lost, uh, for us to be ready, you know, for his return as we see the signs of the times and uh, um, just for God to guide our, our leaders and so much. And so, again, next week, National Day of Prayer, be ready to pray. Um, maybe even that day, if God leads you, you might want to fast that day uh, as the Spirit would guide. And so, um, again, next week, a National Day of Prayer. But today I'm going to do something a little different. Um, normally I have, you know, my my podium of some sort and I have my notes and things like that but uh, every once in a while you know you like to move the furniture around every once in a while you like to do it a little different and uh, and so tonight I'm just going to be sharing out of the word I have my little bible and there's just something about this little bible when you have it in your hands it's just you and the holy spirit and the bible that that seems to be special sometimes not that I'm necessarily sharing from my heart I studied today, and, I, and we have all the notes, and as a matter of fact, I was even thinking, 
If you want uh, the notes, you can email me, Manny at CalvaryChapelOnMonty.com or Henry at We have the notes there. We'll probably post them where we normally post our audio studies. And so you'll have access to the notes. Um, but today I just kind of wanted to share uh, from the heart. You know, one of the things that um, the Lord uh, was impressing upon me is how uh, we're making the best of it, I, I think. At least I hope you are. You know, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 42, it gives the four things that we're to be continuing to do as a church in order to grow, in order to be healthy. We continue in prayer. We continue in the word. Uh, we continue having communion. And we continue in fellowship. I always like to tell people it's kind of like four legs on a chair. And if one of them is missing, then, you know, you might fall. Uh, you might struggle. And so right now, I think we can be praying like, like never before. And hopefully you are. Uh, you can be in the Word and thank God that you guys are, are watching the Bible studies. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but from our end, we can actually tell who's watching the studies. We, can, we know your email address. And uh, no, I'm just joking. We don't know <laughs> that information. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, you know, prayer, the Word, uh, communion. You, I pray that you're having communion with your family. You take that bread in the cup and you remember the cross. But then this fellowship thing, um, how's that going? And some of you guys, you have family members, and you can fellowship with them. Um, some of you are not uh, with people that much. Maybe you live alone. And this is where it can be tough. You know, I, I was thinking about how um, in marriage, sometimes when marriages go through their struggles, um, a lot of times, unfortunately, people will immediately want to separate. They think, well, that's the answer. No, we'll separate, you know, and, and, and they think that that's going to help. But really, the Bible doesn't teach separation. Um, if, if you're being abused, yes. Um, if it's adultery, uh, that you do have uh, the legality to, to separate. But a lot of times people will immediately separate because they think that that's the answer to their marital problems. But, but, but let me tell you something. Um, separation can actually teach two people to live separately. And that's not always good. That's not good in a marriage. And so it has its place. I always tell people when you've exhausted your resources, perhaps that's your last chance. But um, I pray that as we're separated physically, that we wouldn't learn, you know, to live separately. And then when the day comes and we get to get together again, that you don't show up. You know, my, my prayer is that we would miss each other and that we would long for the day, you know, to come back together as a church. Uh, I don't know for sure. Only God is the one who knows. But our governor said that we're months away from getting together again in a congregation like this. And, and so hopefully he's wrong. Hopefully it's sooner. You know, when I hear the word, the word months in plural, I'm an optimist. And I think, well, maybe two months max. But, you know, um, only God knows. And so um, you guys know how it is for some of you who have parents and, and you leave. And, and how are the kids doing when they're not necessarily under your supervision? I think right now um, we're being tested. You know, do you really love the Lord? Are you going to seek him? Are you going to continue, you know, to be in the word and be in prayer and, and be part of that, that church? You know, I, I pray 
that, that you would have that in your heart. And, and my prayer, I was thinking about this because you guys probably know how weird my mind is. Uh, the world's message right now, they're saying in order for things to get better, they, you, they say this, testing, testing, testing. And I would say probably the same is true for the church right now. What, what are we going through? Testing, testing, testing. When you go through trials, when your whole world stops overnight, when things change like this, you know, some people, um, maybe they, they lost their, their job or just things are happening. It's so tough. We're being tested. And so just know this, that when you take a test, it reveals, and then it's an opportunity to refine. You know, it reveals where we're at in our walk. And if there's room for improvement, then the dross rises to the surface, and now we can skim it off. Now we can come forth through this trial, after this testing, as gold. You know, I, I know that the Lord has definitely been calling me closer to Him, and it's been a blessing because He's calling me closer to my wife. It's been such a blessing being with her and walking with her and seeking God with her and praying with her more than we ever have. And so um, prayerfully, you know, that's our heart, you guys. And uh, I just want to encourage you in that. Um, let's be strong. Let's go through this. And, uh, and let's be ready, you know. I think that you know, when you hear Bill Gates talking and you hear some of the patents that are out there uh, for digital uh, currency or digital tattoos, um, when they're talking about the whole wide world, all 7 billion plus people getting you know, the, the, the virus, uh, the vaccine, um, when we're talking about the globe working together like this, then we're talking about Revelation chapter 13. We're talking about how what the Bible says would happen in the tribulation period. And so um, there's a lot going on if you guys do that research. Um, it's really interesting to me. It's fascinating to me how Bill Gates, the computer guy, the philanthropy guy, is now kind of making a, this move and we see what's happening. And, and so all I know is this, um, that uh, we have to be ready, you guys. This is definitely something that we have never experienced. The world has never been in a position with the technology that we have to fulfill Revelation 13 the way it is now. And so it's interesting. I was uh, talking to Daniel earlier because I know he likes to give out tracts and stuff. I have this uh, thing, it's called a, a tribulation map. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. It's kind of funny, and I don't know, I, I guess it's going to be helpful for people who get left behind. You know, what it is, is it tells you what's going to happen during the tribulation period when the church gets raptured out. You know, when you read the book of Genesis, chapter 5, you read about an individual named Enoch, and the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Hebrews chapter 11 says Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. There is a generation that won't taste death. And that is at the door. Why I don't know. No one knows the day or the hour, but it sure seems like we know the season. And one day, uh, Jesus will come just like he took Enoch. And he's going to rapture us out. And then the tribulation period will begin. 
So there needs to be that urgency within us. And just in case you're out there and you don't know where you stand with God, maybe you're watching and your parents are making you watch. I mean, do you really know the Lord? Are you ready? Are you old enough to make a decision for Christ? I pray you would know he loves you. He died for you. He rose again. And it's so cool. The Lord. One of the things the Lord has been ministering to me lately, as I've been praying, I don't know if you guys can capture this because sometimes I get things stuck in my mind, but it's the faith of a child. It's not necessarily the faith of the brilliant theologian, the faith of the scholar. No, it's the faith of the child that the Lord is looking for, that, that saves the soul. You know, and, and so lately, I can honestly feel, I, I, I can honestly say this, I feel like my faith is growing. Because when I pray, I know he's there. When I'm just walking, I, I know he's there. I, I feel like all I need is the faith of a child. And, and it's because of that that I think my faith is actually growing. Not because I have more Bible knowledge or not because I know Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. Um, it's because I know that that's all it takes. Lord, I believe in you. I know you're here. I know you're with us. Even though we can't see you or we can't feel you, we know you're near. We know you're here. It's that faith of a child that just believes that God will honor, that God will strengthen. And so just a a little word of encouragement, um, a couple other things. Uh, Henry was going over the announcements and so much going on, you guys. Uh, hopefully, uh, you're taking advantage of it. Um, and just to kind of slow down and, and talk a little more about Monday nights, um, the single study, and then also the foundations of the faith class. We actually have a really good response. A lot of people have signed up for that. And so I'm excited about that. Different guys are going to be teaching, and you guys are going to love it. Uh, Tuesday nights, the ladies' devos have been going out. Another thing that's really cool is uh, if you go to our website or our YouTube channel, you'll be able to find studies uh, for the nursery, uh, studies for the children, uh, a lot going on. I'm excited uh, if everything goes well uh, this Friday, uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a Spanish study posted. And so, man, uh, that's so cool. So invite your Spanish-speaking family and maybe some of you out there who only know Spanglish. Um, Maybe that'll be a good opportunity for you to learn uh, Bible Spanish. And so uh, Saturday morning, the, the men getting together for prayer and Proverbs. And there's other things we're, we're praying about. Because when I heard the governor say it's going to be two months or whatever, months, man, it, it just hit me. I'm like, wow, Lord, uh, we got to kind of dig in for the long haul. And we as a church want to do everything that we can to be able to minister to your people, to serve them. Like Henry was saying, after the study, you know, call us or text us if you need prayer. Uh, Just different things. We know ultimately that your walk is not dependent on us, but we also know that as a church, we have a responsibility to do everything we can to serve you. And so a lot, a lot's going on, praying about other things, other live streams. And so... um, you know, prayerfully, you guys are lifting us up in prayer that we'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and we'll just be following Him. Um, and there was one other thing, but I don't remember what it was. If I remember lately, Henry, you got any more signs? No? That's it. Okay. 
All right, so today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, as tonight we get to cover verses 13 through 35. And we read in verse 13, Proverbs 3, it says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. As we've seen in this uh, proverb, and we're going to see it a lot through the Proverbs, that first there's the declaration, and then there's the explanation. I think it was Theodore Roosevelt who said, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is more valuable than a college education. Now, I think it's cool when people go to school to get a degree. I think that is cool. But even more important, infinitely more important than that, is a thorough knowledge of the Bible. Here, it's interesting, he says that you'll be happy. Verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom. There, if you look at verse 18, at the the end, it says, and happy are all who retain her. I think there was a a poll recently conducted uh, in the United States of America that said only 33% of American citizens consider themselves to be happy. And I thought, man, that's crazy. This world, this country, where we have so much material stuff and so much opportunity, so much entertainment, so much pleasure seekers, and only 33% are happy. And then, of course, it hits you because the Bible says that happiness is found when we find wisdom. Notice again there in verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. You know, when we think of of happiness, uh, we think of that, you know, writing in the Constitution that says uh, we have this, you know, God-given, unalienable right for the pursuit of life, liberty, and the, and the pursuit of happiness. And, and so you're wondering, well, well how am I going to get happiness? When I think of happiness, to be honest, I do think of a smile. I do think of laughter. But more than anything else, I think of love. And I think of the Lord. And here he says that if you gain wisdom, if you gain understanding, you're going to be happy There's a declaration and then the explanation in verse 14. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire. You know, one of the reasons I think, you guys, in all honesty, that the world is not happy is because these are the things that they're after. The profits of silver gold, fine gold, 
rubies. Now, in the Jewish culture, rubies were the most precious commodity in the community. And so, you know, you, some people, they, they think, well, if I get that stuff, then I'll be happy. They get it, they're not happy. And for the rest of the world, they think that they, you know, if they got it, then they would be happy and they don't got it. You know, I mean, when's enough? When do we really have enough? I think that godliness with contentment is a great gain, huh? And I think all of us are susceptible to this. I don't know about you, but is there anything that you want? Anything that you're thinking, man, if I just get a raise, if I just get a promotion, if I just get the house, if I just get the car, if I get the clothes that are tailor, you know, tailor fitted, if I get the, you know, even me, I got a computer. It's like, you know, whatever, three and a half, four years old. I'm like, man, I need a new computer. And, and, and it's like, Lord, we'll never understand, huh? That you're the one that makes us happy. Wisdom, when we start living life according to your word. You know, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, and I almost feel uh, hesitant to tell you about it. But man, if you go on YouTube, they have these homes in Bel Air that are absolutely stunning. They are so amazing. I mean, they have these crazy pools with the TVs. They rise up, and you'll be able to go swimming, you know, uh, watching the movies. And they have, um, they don't have to worry about the quarantine because they are bowling in home. Uh, they are doing everything. Uh, they have a movie theater. I mean, I, I would say don't even check it out, but it, I did check it out. It's crazy the, the things that people have. But I was even thinking, more than likely, unless they have Jesus, they, they have a house, they have like a hotel, but they don't have a home. And, and what we see right here is happiness, he says, is not going to be found in, in silver or gold or rubies, all the things that you want. If you find wisdom, if you find understanding, it's better than those things. When, when you find wisdom and understanding, notice again what he says in verse 16, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. And so we've talked about the fact that when you live according to the scriptures, that there's that general principle that you're going to have a longer life. Uh, notice God's coming at you, wisdom is coming at you with both hands are full, length of days in her right hand, and riches in, in the left. And, and, and so it's a, it's a long life. And again, not just uh, quantity, but quality. And here it's interesting that it does mention riches. So um, if you're a good steward, then God might bless you financially. Because he knows you can handle it and you will be a blessing to others. There are some who have possessions that don't possess them. You know, 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 10, it tells us that money's not bad. It's not money that's the problem. But notice what we read in 1 Timothy chapter 6. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I have a feeling, you guys, that if God were to look in a lot of Christians' hearts, he would see that the reason that they don't really have this 
fire for God, this love for God, is because they have a love for money and the things that money can buy. They have bowed down and they are worshipers of the God of mammon. And one of the things that you're going to have to understand in life is that, you know, God wants all your heart. You know, we've talked about this before, how when you compare the three kings, Saul had no heart, no heart. Solomon had a divided heart, a divided heart. But David had a whole heart. And I'll tell you one thing, living in the United States of America, this place with so much stuff, it is hard for us. Jesus said this, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And maybe you're there and you're thinking, well, I'm not rich. And, and there are a lot of you out there, you know, you, you're not. God knows. But, man, when you compare us with the rest of the world, uh, it, a lot of times... We, we might fall into that category. And Jesus is saying it's hard, huh? That's why he told the rich man, go sell everything. Give it the money to the poor. And you come follow me. Here Solomon says, wisdom, when you find it, when you get, gain understanding, it's better than gold. It's better than silver. It's better than rubies. It's better than anything that you might desire. In the right hand, you have a long life, uh, qual quality, not just quantity. And in your left hand, there's honorable. It's an honorable life. And, and riches, if God can entrust that stewardship to you. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. We read in verse 18, it says, She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. I mean, it's not wrong to want to be happy, you guys. It's not. As a dad, one of the things that brings me the most joy is to see my children smiling, is to see my children laughing, is to see them happy. Really, that's the greatest joy. And so being, wanting to be happy, nothing wrong with that. It's just a, where will you find it? You will find happiness when you find wisdom, when you find Jesus, when your heart completely belongs to him. It's there that you will find happiness. As a matter of fact, it says there that when you gain wisdom, it's a tree of life. Think about that. Not a leaf, not a limb, not a root, not a fruit. No, we're talking the whole tree. And that's why uh, one of the things that I encourage you in is not only to be in the word, but to be in the Proverbs. Every day, uh, there's a proverb for the day, whatever the date is. And if you read that proverb, then basically every month you'll be reading through the book of Proverbs. And I've noticed this, man. I have noticed this in all honesty, that, man, that helps so much. Not only learning new things, but being reminded of the important things the, the things that will make for a wise man. A young guy over here, he's so much wiser than that guy over there who's older and he has a lot of experience, but he lacks wisdom. Or that rich person over there, that smart person over there, they don't have wisdom. They don't have happiness. And that's why it's so cool. Read your Bible. Be in the Proverbs. I encourage you guys, man. Don't get lazy, okay? <laughs> Saturday mornings, wake up. Join the men. 
for Proverbs and prayer. Um, truly, if you're looking at it as an investment, God will bless. It's a tree of life. That, uh, think how huge that is. The tree of life is first found in the book of Genesis, chapter 2 and chapter 3. And if you were to eat of the tree of life, you would live forever. And so it's an interesting tree that's also present in Revelation chapter 22. The tree of life is actually found in heaven. And when we're there one day in heaven and we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, we will eat of that tree of life and we will live forever. That's how huge wisdom is. It's a tree of life. You know, it's so cool when you have not only the, the root, but you have the fruit and the branches and the leaves and the limbs, and you got the whole tree. Uh, recently, it was so cool. Uh, we went to Home Depot, and my wife has been wanting a bougainvillea, and uh, they're beautiful. You know, and the, the colors on them are just gorgeous, and so we're hoping that this one uh, it plants well and it, and it grows well. But um, what we find is that tree of life, when it's there, rooted and grounded, it's such a blessing. And so we read next in verse 19. He says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. And so, you know, you read that and, and you might wonder, well, why, why is that there that we kind of transitioned into that? And I think that the reason why Solomon put this here is because is just in case you're out there and you're not impressed by wisdom. I mean, notice what he says right here. He says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. I mean, the depths were broken up. And we're talking about the, the, the oceans. We're talking about the torrents of water underneath. We're talking about the rain. We're talking about the dew. How did God do that? The answer is by wisdom. And so this same wisdom by which God made the world is being offered to us. And the thing is so cool, it's so amazing about this, is I was thinking about this, you know, how God made the world through wisdom. He built the world through wisdom. And maybe you're out there. And your world has fallen apart. It's through wisdom that God will put it back together. I'm telling you, you know, wisdom, what is wisdom? It's a hearing heart. It's the application of knowledge. Wisdom is when I'm in the word. Wisdom is when I'm on my face, when I'm praying, when I am listening to the voice of God. And he guides me. This same wisdom that, that made the world is the wisdom that can put your world back together again. I wonder, you know, what's your situation? What's your struggle? What's your mountain that needs to be moved? What's your impossibility today? I tell you what, you get in the word and you get on your face, God will speak to you. And he will put your world back together again. You know, one of the things that I like to do, one of the reasons I like to work out, to be honest, I, I think this is one of the reasons, 
is because I get to put my earphones in my ears and play the music really loud. <laughs> I like it loud. And uh, I, I, I worship. That's the time where I'm just listening to worship music loud. And, and there's a song by uh, um, Lincoln Brewster. It's an older song. But it talks about how um, sometimes in life, the world stops. It's like the world stops turning. And I thought about, wow, Lord, I kind of feel that way right now. I feel like the whole world stopped in one sense, that it's not turning the way it used to. And in that song, he talks about how you're in a ship and your ship is going down. And, and think about that. You're in a ship and your, your ship is going down. I mean, people are going through tremendous trials. I know they are. Because the enemy, what he does is he tries to capitalize on things. You know, like if you get sick, um, I'm not saying that he's the source of your sickness, but he'll try to capitalize on that, you know, and he sees someone that might be vulnerable in their walks with the Lord. First Peter 5, 8 says that the devil walks about like a, a, a lion seeking whom he may devour. So he looks for those who might be more vulnerable. Right now, in one sense, it's different. Right now, in one sense, for some people, they're more vulnerable. And so I know it's hard. And so imagine you're in a ship and uh, it's sinking. And so the song is kind of a really cool song by, by Lincoln Brewster. It said this. It said, your ship might go down, but God won't let you drown. And so I was thinking about the book of Acts chapter 27 when Paul the apostle was on this ship and it looked like they were history, man. Things were so crazy. But Paul just kept praying and praying and praying. And finally God said, you know what? I've answered your prayer. You're going to live. But God still allowed that ship to get broken up. And it got beat up and it got tore up to the point where they had to float on the wood until they reached the island of Malta. And, and so the ship goes down. Your life is hard. You know, crazy things happen. And, you know, you wish that God wouldn't have allowed it, but he allowed it, your, your ship to go down, but he won't allow you to drown. See that piece of wood right there? It's called a cross. And what God wants you to do is to hold on to that cross and never let go. That cross where all your sins are washed away. You hold on to that cross. I know it's hard. I know it's painful. But you hold on to that cross and he will take you where you belong. I was thinking about the island of Malta. And imagine a place where they have free malts. I mean, how good is that? You know, I love malts. And so anyways, I know I just say that to tell you that God has something good ahead. Just don't lose heart. And so right here he's saying, hey, it was by wisdom that God made everything he made the world. He put it all together. And so if your world is falling apart, I'm offering this to you, God says. And so we read in verse 21, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. And so what's he saying there in verse 21? Let them not depart from your eyes. What's he saying? 
He's saying, just keep reading the Bible. Keep reading the Bible. It's not that we got to, it's that we get to. It's not a legalistic burden. It is a loving blessing. Let them not depart from your eyes. I know there are some people out there and they're kind of like, they think I'm weird or they might even criticize me, you know, saying, yeah, Manny's always talking about reading the Bible, reading the Bible, you know, but I just, I'm more like practical, you know, and I, I don't really need to read the Bible all, all that much. I just want to live it and, you know, obey it. But, but I'm telling you, yeah, live it. Yes, obey it. But don't let this book depart from your eyes. I mean, you should read it like Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. It goes on to talk about how he will prosper and he will bring forth fruit. And just the blessing it is when you're in the word day and night. And that's what Solomon is saying right here. He's saying, hey, don't let this word depart from your eyes. Now, I, I was thinking about Matthew chapter 4 in verse 4. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil and he said, you know, if you're the son of God in Matthew 4 verse 3, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said to the devil, hey, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that was Jesus quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. I mean, you, you have to, if you want to be strong, it's up to you. It's, I don't know what kind of Christian you really want to be, but if you really want to be strong, you're going to have to be in the word. You have to see it that way, where we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. You know, I, I was thinking about this, and I've been wanting to share this with you guys. Um, when I was a Catholic, they taught me a prayer. They called it Our Father. You know, for us as Christians, it's just, you know, Scripture. Uh, and if you were to, you know, quote it, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Jesus' followers, they asked him, teach us to pray. And so he gave them what I would consider to be the model prayer. And a lot of you guys know it, and you don't have to do the sign on the cross, don't worry. But it's, you know, you guys remember, Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, what bread do you think he's talking about? Well, some say, well, he's talking about, you know, sourdough bread. He's talking about food. And, and maybe he is. But I, if that's the case, that's the only thing in that prayer that's physical. Um, everything is spiritual. I believe, yeah, it, it's applicable to the things that we need. But when I think of our daily bread, I think about how every single day God wants to speak to us. I really believe that. And one of the things, as a quick side note about that prayer right there, did you guys ever notice that that prayer is not a prayer for me, how it's a prayer for us? When you pray that prayer, that model prayer, it's kind of cool. You're actually praying for the whole church. And so it's kind of cool to, to do that. You don't have to say it verbatim, but you can kind of go through each one and just pray it as the Lord leads you.
you know, uh, I've always had this conviction, and I don't know if it was because my pastor told me or it was just the Holy Spirit, but I've always had this conviction to be in the Word every single day. I, I feel weird if I'm not. You know, I, I, and I know this morning I, I did something different. I, I was going to share it with you guys. I, I did a Facebook Live and just sharing, like, what the Lord had showed me that day, this morning when I spent time with the Lord. I have personal convictions of how many chapters I read in the Old Testament and my proverb for each day and then how many I read in the night in the New Testament. You have to get with the Lord and you have to ask Him, Lord, what are my marching orders? How do you want me to read the Bible? And He'll show you. It might be one verse a day. It might be one chapter a day. But that's something God will show you. But I will say this. It will be daily. And one of the reasons why I did the, the Facebook Live thing this morning, and I'm praying about doing it. It probably won't happen, but I'm praying about doing it uh, more uh, faithfully, is that it gets the people out there thinking. So what did you read today? And what stood out to you today? And I think that we should all have that as we're reading the word. We're going to take it at face value. We're going to learn it in its context. But there will be certain messages that God will have for us. Because I know this, and I found this to be true. He really is a personal God. And so he says, don't let these things depart from your eyes. Sound wisdom. I love how he says they're going to be grace. Verse 22, grace to your neck and you're going to walk safely your foot won't stumble when you lie down you won't be afraid yes you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet earlier he talked about having that peace i mean it's so cool verse 25 he says do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes for the lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught now, another one of those uh, do not be afraid verses we have here in the book of Proverbs. And, you know, I was thinking about how when you look at this verse right here, it's interesting how um, he talks about sudden terror. So what he's saying really in that verse is that something can change like that. One day uh, you're meeting in a church, the next day you're not. It's illegal almost, you know. <laughs> Um, one day you're healthy as a horse, the next day you got a pain, you go to the doctor, you have cancer. One day you're working, things are flowing, things are happening, the next day you don't have a job. You know, one day your loved one's here, the next day they're taken away. Now some people, they're afraid of change. Uh, some people, when sudden terror or troubles come, they're afraid. Um, but what he's saying right here is we're not to be afraid. You know, I was thinking about what uh, FDR said, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He said in 1933 um, that really the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And it's interesting, the context of him saying that in his uh, inaugural address was in 1933. That was four years into the Great Depression. And he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Because what happens when you're afraid? You know, it was much different back in those days. It was much different back in the days of, of the war. You know, people shared things. There was no, you know, fear. There was no, like, freaking out, like we need to hoard up food for ourselves lest we run out. It wasn't like that. There was more of a, 
a sharing. Like I've shared with you before, you know, uh, do not be afraid. Be prudent, but do not be afraid. But what we find in looking at this is that fear and faith are mutually exclusive. That, that God says this over and over again, from what I understand, 365 times, once for every single day, do not be afraid because we know he knows we have the inclination to be afraid. Even tonight, I was afraid just to, you know, me and my Bible. I'm like, Lord, I can't do this. I need my notes. And yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with notes. Nothing wrong with reading notes. But if God says no notes, God says don't be afraid. That, that's how we have to live life. It, it must be lived by faith and not by fear. Notice what he says there in verse 26. This is the reason. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Our, my confidence is not in, in me. My, my confidence is not in men. My confidence is in the Lord. And he will never fail you. Now, my confidence, in one sense, is not even in the body of Christ. My confidence is in Christ. And you guys, when we have our eyes on the Lord, when we're abiding in Him, when we're seeking Him, I tell you, man, there's something about that right relationship with God that brings you to a place where you're fearless. You know, right now, I'll tell you guys this, because you're the Thursday nighters, but, you know, you have a special... Uh, uh, elite group. Um, well, some of you will probably be watching this later. Is in the midst of what was going on right now, we're praying about a, a different building. We're praying about taking a step of faith and getting something that would require a step of faith. And in one sense, it, it's almost like illogical. You're like, wait a minute, in, in a time of coronavirus, where who knows who's giving what and where you guys are financially and all that kind of stuff, you're praying about taking a step of faith. And, and the answer is, yeah, if that's where God leads. He owns a cow on a thousand hills. Where God guides, God provides. So we can't be paralyzed by fear. If this is where he's leading us, then we must by faith follow. And so beware of fear. Beware of being paralyzed by it. One of the things I notice about God, and you guys have seen it throughout church history and within the pages of the Bible, is that he honors steps of faith. Notice what we read next in verse 27. Do not withhold good to those to whom, from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. Do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. Do not strive with a man without cause, if he has done you no harm. And so, you know, you have the good that you can give to your neighbor, but for whatever reason, I know a lot of us, uh, I don't know, we've, well, let me pray about it. No, do it now. Just do it now. Seize the moment. You know, we don't want to live in that nation of procrastination because tomorrow never comes. We want to move to that nation that has four letters, T-C-O-B. I'm going to take care of business. I found out that that person right there, they lost their job and the Holy Spirit's been laying them on your heart. But for whatever reason, you just don't do it. God says, don't, don't wait till tomorrow. 
Because a lot of things can happen. You might never do it. And I was even thinking about how me, I have such a terrible memory. Um, today, I'll tell you guys a story. I was talking to Margaret on the way in today. And thank God she's doing better, you know. But when I was talking to her, she started talking. And I got a thought in my mind. I said, oh, I want to ask her to send me a picture <laughs> of herself. But then she kept talking. And I said, man, if I don't interrupt her, I want to forget my request. <laughs> so I had to interrupt her. I said, Margaret, Margaret, here, let me just ask you this real quick before I forget, because it was important to me. Can you send us a picture of yourself so that we can show it to the church? And all I'm saying is this, that if you say tomorrow, then there's a chance that you're going to forget. If you even say later, there's a chance that you might forget. If you have the power to do it now, then what the Bible says is for us to do it now. Uh, Galatians chapter 6 in verse 10. It says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, we, we can't say, hey, come back tomorrow when we have it to give today. In verse 29, do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. I don't know if you guys knew this, but in those days, your neighbor was your um, your alarm system. They were your, your watchdog. Uh, neighborhood watch is very, very biblical. And so you wouldn't want to do harm to them. As a matter of fact, you take care of each other. And don't start the fight. Don't stir up the fight, he says there in verse 30. Um, man, be cool. Live that life of peace. And verse 31, do not envy the oppressor and choose none of his ways. For the perverse person is an abomination to the Lord, but his secret counsel is with the upright. Why would we ever envy the oppressor? And of course, the answer is because oftentimes it's through oppression that some men are, get, are made rich. They get all that stuff. There's the mentality in the world, and sometimes it's even in the church, that nice guys finish last. And, and at the end of the day, we're going to see it later, God, he raises up the humble. That, that meekness is, is strength under control. And so don't envy them. Don't want what they want because they're an abomination to the Lord but notice it says his secret counsel is with the upright. And, and John 15, 15 is an interesting passage because the Lord says, hey, no longer do I call you servants. Uh, now you're my friends. And so it doesn't mean that we don't still serve the Lord. It doesn't mean that we're not servants. But now God sees our relationship in an even more intimate way. He says, now you guys have gone beyond that. Now you're my friends. Why? Because I tell you everything. And that's what friends do, huh? They tell their friends the secrets. And that's what he's saying right there. The perverse person, they're an abomination to the Lord. Why would you want to be like them? But, it, but if you do things my way, then I will tell you secret things. Because you will be my friend. Interesting. And then he closes here in verse 33. He says, The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the just. Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the legacy 
of fools. And of course, we know in verse 33 and 35, they're to be taken literally, you guys. That, that when you're you know, a Christian and you, you're seeking God, he's going to bless you. If not, the other option, the flip side, is, is to be cursed. That Verse 34, you know, that just those who are, are prideful, God will stiff arm. That's what it literally means. But he gives grace to the humble. And then we see at the end right here that the wise shall inherit glory. And so, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about in closing tonight is that these three words right here, to me, I think of heaven. So much of it, 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 it brings me to that place of, of heaven. And it says right there in verse 33 that he blesses the home of the just. And, and ultimately, our home is in heaven. It's in heaven. And he will bless with a home in heaven. But you and I must be just. And what that word talks about is coming to a place before God where he declares us. It's a legal declaration of justification it's a legal declaration of righteousness where we're washed in the blood of Jesus. And when the Father looks at us, it's just as if we'd never sinned. That's something that you can have in your relationship with Christ. And so I pray, you guys, if you don't know the Lord, that today you would take that step of faith. And I pray that you would do that um, just searching of your heart. Lord, where am I in my relationship with you? And if you're not there, um, then I pray that today you would come to that place and surrender your life to Jesus. Just say, yes, Lord, I believe in you. I believe I'm a sinner. I admit I have sinned. I believe and I just confess you as my Lord and Savior. For the rest of the church, I encourage you, man, dive into the word. Get wise. Read the book of Proverbs. Join the guys on Saturdays. You will uh, be blessed. I got an update right here um, from Shelly's family. Uh, We've been praying for her Aunt Barbara, and she's uh, still in a coma and uh, and everything. And so it looks like she might be making a comeback slowly. And so um, we want to pray for her. Also for Lisa, Darren, and Mercedes' daughter, going through a lot, a lot of pain right now. And so uh, if you would, let's uh, pray together. Lord, I thank you for loving us. I thank you for... Lord, allowing us to study your word together. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to work in us. And I don't know, Lord, this, this thought comes to my mind. You just make us strong, make us powerful, not in our own strength, but in yours. That what the enemy intends for evil, God, that you would use it for good. And Father, I, I lift up Barbara to you. I thank you, Lord. It looks like she might be doing better, but she's still there on that oxygen. And so we pray you just touch her, you heal her, you encourage the family. And also praying for Lisa and all those, Lord, out there. Um, thank you that Margaret's doing better. But be with Lisa, Lord. I pray you take away the pain and be with Darren and Mercedes and the family. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we just pray you would be with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. We have one more song uh, before we're dismissed. And again, just in case you're out there and you need prayer, and we're here for you, you can give us a call or you can text message us and one of the pastors will definitely uh, respond to you, okay?
God bless you. Walking the same old road for miles and miles You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside This a better life This a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker if you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight We've all run the things we know just ain't right When there's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker a prison shaking savior if you got chains he's a chain breaker if you believe it if you receive it if you can feel it somebody testify if you believe it if you receive it you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. Shaking Savior, if you got chains.